Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. great to hear new music, especially now where we are. And in Winnipeg, Manitoba, we're back down into a lockdown, and I don't know about you, but I'm going crazy, so it gives me great pleasure to welcome Justine Tyrell all the way from Calgary. I, I'm hoping you're in Calgary, Justine. Yes, you're <laughs> That's right. your home. <laughs> I know, that I know. Normally, I know, girl, you'd be on tour, you'd be opening up and performing live, but here we are. Yeah. And uh, I just want to get to know you and share your great music. Congratulations mm -hmm. on the new single, Worthy. And you definitely are worthy of hopefully, you. you know, getting more <laughs> fans. So let's get yes. right into it, Justine. You know, your love for music obviously stems when you were very, very young. But what was it like in your family back then? Um, I grew up in a pretty eclectic musical household. So I was like, I was around my grandma, my aunt, my uncle, obviously my mom and dad a lot. And so my parents are very, I think they're where I get the R&B from. You know, my mom and dad love old school R&B. My grandma was kind of more like the Eagles. We'd listen to the Eagles records. My aunt was Garth Brooks. So really I grew up, I, I didn't grow up around people who played a lot of music, like in terms of instruments, but there was just always music in the household. And then from there, I kind of um, managed to convince my mom to get me a drum set. I don't know how that happened. So I started kind of messing around with playing drums and then that led to piano and singing. And yeah, so it was just kind of always around growing up. And you wrote your first song when you were seven. Okay, I want to I know. Did. Do you can you <laughs> sing it for us? Or what was the Here's title? Here's the crazy thing. I remember the lyrics. I don't know, like, to this day, I can't figure out where the inspiration for this came. But uh, how did it go? It went, uh, quietly and softly, you whisper you'll be there for me. Crazy, you left me with the promise you promised me. Keeping your promise to me, is that too much to ask, 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 ask? Letting your mind run too free, 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 free. You forgot about me. Like what? Who, who made me mad at seven? I don't know. Oh, I hear shades of Michael Jackson in there. Oh. I've actually never thought about that. Of he was one of my faves. Oh, well, there you go. Well, Woo. and here we are now in 2020. Who would yeah. have ever thought, right? And, you know, I'll, I want to talk a little bit too now about not only the music um, industry, but also, I think, the whole movement yeah. of culture, Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. All of these things now come to the surface. So uh, what are your perceptions and, and you know, I know, I know too that you were a go-to person 
in you know in the in the summertime and everything like that yes. when things were getting very very hot. So now, yeah. I mean, what is your what are your feelings now? Yeah, I think for me, like part of why I started speaking about it and getting involved in it is just because it felt very personal for me. And I think in Canada, sometimes it's easy to witness what goes on in other parts of the world or what goes on in, in the States specifically and think, you know, oh, we're so fortunate. That doesn't happen here. You know, we don't have racism here. And I, I'd said before that I had experienced racism for the first time, like blatant racism being called a derogatory term in grade two. And this is in Calgary, Alberta. And, you know, I'm biracial. My my mom is um, prim primarily white Hungarian um, with a little bit of indigenous Blackfoot. And my dad is Jamaican. And just growing up, I had just seen such a difference in how the two sides get treated, you know, and how the two sides are portrayed. And, you know, growing up in school, I had teachers that asked, you know, like, oh, your dad drives a nice car. Is he a drug dealer? Is he a football player? And I'm like, how are those the only two things that my father can be as a successful man. So long story short, I, I, I related with that part of the movement and I felt comfortable to speak about it because I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'm just speaking my own experience. And I think with Black Lives Matter, it's tricky because I think that people get really political about it and it just comes down to the fact that it's, it's just a human rights issue. It's, it's equality for everybody. So yeah, long story short, it was easier to speak about it because it's personal for me. Yeah, and then mm. that sort of stems too with your music and, uh, yeah. you know, what you're writing about now, has this changed at all? It has a little bit. It has a little bit. I think with Worthy, I, I, the, the song is very much about like, you know, a relationship and holding on to your self-worth in that context. But the course at the time did take a double meaning for me. I felt like it was important to write something that kind of celebrates, you know, someone in as they are in their own skin. So in a way, it made it easy to parallel the visuals and uplift other people from the black community and just show diversity in general, um, you know, because worthiness can mean so many different things. It doesn't just have to be a relationship standpoint. So, yeah, it did start to kind of have an underlying presence in my music mm -hmm. and, and, of course, certainly the visual. And like, I know that friends and family are certain, certainly important, but mm -hmm. I guess now with everything that's happened in the world, sometimes the people that you think are your closest friends uh, may not be. Yeah, that's, that's a very, a very good point. And something that I think like on all sides of it, people can relate to because it, there, there's a side of it where people that you think are your friends, you find out their views through all of this. But then there's also the flip side, which is I got to know a lot of really amazing people through this time because now everybody's just putting their values out in the open, right? And they're wearing it on their sleeves. So it's easier to actually say like, you know what, you're the kind of person that my values align with you. You know, you are someone I want to talk with and be friends with and engage with. So I experienced both sides of it. You know, you kind of see some friends fall off, but I actually gained I gained some, so yeah, Lots of it bonus. worked out. No. It is. <laughs> and of course it now, is. I guess, you know, getting your music out, I know mm -hmm. the industry has changed so much, and yes. you know, a lot of it is on the onus of the artist to yes. be up to date on social media and to mm -hmm. you know, get their music out however they can online. But what has it been like for you, your journey, Justine? I mean, 
mm-hmm. you know, I guess weighing it between mm-hmm. putting your music online and then performing live. And how yeah. has that all changed now for you? Yeah, good question. It's definitely trickier. I think right now it's also, it's, it's competitive. We all have to have a presence online. You know, streams matter so much. Like when I started doing this, it was more about, you know, you go and you have a great live show and you engage in person and, and online was definitely a component of it, right? But now it, it is very like, how many streams does somebody have? How many followers does that person have? And even trying to navigate performing online is such a different beast. So it is, it's been challenging on that side of it, but at the same time, it's kind of like with anything, you just sort of adapt to it. And I think for the first time, I'm, as I'm creating music, I'm kind of less worried about the numbers and I'm less worried about all of that kind of stuff. Cause I'm finally just making stuff that I like, you know, so it is easy to go down the rabbit hole of having to have that online presence perfectly there. But I don't know, it's kind of a beautiful space and you can tuck that away a little bit and not care too, too much about it. But yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird new world. It's different, especially the online performing is such a difference from what, you know, from what we're used to. It's so, it's, it's very different. But the bonus is things like this, where I can connect with somebody without having to be in the same city, right? Or even the same province like yourself. So it has its upsides, but it's been weird. I, weird yeah. world. I know. Well, yeah, well, you'll get to perform for us virtually too. But you know what? You put it so beautifully. Uh, just finding a real balance to it all now because I think it kind of hit its peak probably you know this year with Mm -hmm. artists trying to change or navigate different waters and you know reverse engines and put everything online and you're right there's just so much out there but I think if you can find your niche and know Mm. who you are then it really doesn't matter if you have 50 views or you know 500,000 you know and I guess it does in a way yeah. but it's no, all but where exactly you, yeah but it's all where you are in your head right and how you feel exactly and I think it it translates when you mm. are just creating music from a happy whole place I think that that has longevity and that will just organically build your fan base over time it'll build the streams it'll build all of that so yeah, it's, it's, it's trickier in the beginning, but I think in the long run, you're just happier as an artist. If you can care a little less, like, don't get me wrong. I still care about that. <laughs> oh, I, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hear you. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, there, there is a business side to this, but you know, and, and looking at yourself then possibly as a role model, I mean, you know, obviously in the States, you know, celebrated Biden and, you know, of course, Kamala Harris now uh, being a, a hero for a lot of young ladies and little girls growing up but for yourself now do you consider yourself a role model too that's a good question that is a really good question um i don't i don't necessarily but i i guess the side of it that i do identify with is that it comes down to representation mm-hmm. so in that way i guess i guess so I don't necessarily think that i have like model behaviors and i know exactly what i'm doing all the time but I do recognize that they're just like when I was small, I looked for people who looked like me mm-hmm. and who was, who looked like me and who were able to achieve the things that I want to achieve. And so that is the side of it where I guess I, I kind of relate with that a little bit. It feels weird to ever say that I'd be a role model, but I, I do, I do hope that I can represent something that someone can look at me and be like, oh man, if she can do that. I could definitely do that. 
No, and you that, know, yeah, yeah, and that's awesome. And you are, you are. Yeah, no. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and just thinking back, I mean, your parents too, obviously, must be very proud. But you know, you probably can go back to in the very beginnings of your musical career. How did wow. they influence you and and support you? Uh, they were great from day one. They never, they never tried to sway me or push me to do anything else. Um, yeah, they were always so supportive. And my mom, my mom especially, I mean, she's my number one fan. <laughs> and she comes out, she's come to all the shows, whether there are three people there or, you know, sitting in McMahon Stadium with 30,000 people there. Like my mom is ride or die, always there. And, and my dad is too. But I think the biggest influence and the biggest gift that they gave me was was the fact that they just let me be who I wanted to be and they let me pursue music and they didn't try to sway me into other things. Um, that's huge, huge. But oh yeah, they, and, and even still my barometer, cause they have very good taste in music. My parents are in fact much cooler than I am. They're very cool. <laughs> <laughs> my parents are very cool. So usually I'll, play, I'll, I'll throw a song idea by them. Mm -hmm. And if my parents don't think it's cool, I'm like, there's a chance this is not a good song. <laughs> They're pretty in tune. It's crazy. Oh it's my crazy. goodness. Oh, yeah. You're probably the first artist I've ever met that actually listens to their parents. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. It's not, it's not typical. But we, my parents and I, we grew up kind of as, as best friends. Like we grew up together. My parents were kind of younger and I just think there were so many great opportunities for us to relate to each other that, um, yeah, their word is, is gold to me. Oh. Mind you, my mom's probably going to watch us and be like, oh, good, I can tell her to do anything all the time. For <laughs> yeah, she'll I, always <laughs> <laughs> I heard you say this now, Justine. And, and no. so now the future. Um, I do know that you are doing some virtual concerts. Yeah. Yep, that's right. So I'm um, doing some virtual concerts. I've paired with another artist um, who's also based in Calgary. Her name is Jocelyn Alice, and she's incredible. Um, so we do a show every Sunday at 4 o'clock uh, Mountain Standard Time. And so we're going to be doing that until, I believe, December 6th. Mm -hmm. um, and crazy enough, a few of my shows returned in the past couple of weeks. So for now, we're able to have some, I know, we're able to have some socially distanced, live, small uh, performances. Awesome. But um yeah, it's 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 pretty nice to have a little bit of both for now. So holding I, on to it. So I'm curious, like when you do that first live performance, even yeah. if it's social distance with only I don't know. Here in Manitoba, we can't do that, but we used to have yeah. these uh, small curbside concerts, like with five yes. people or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what will it feel like? It's <laughs> <Surreal>. um, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. In some of the venues that I play, we have plexiglass casing all around us. Uh, so it's interesting, you know, so much of what we do obviously is an energy exchange. Mm -hmm. And the first time that we did do that show, I think it was myself, my piano player and a bass player. So there's three of us and it, it did feel like it's kind of us yeah. and, and, and the crowd. But after doing it a couple times, it was easier to get that synergy back. Mm -hmm. um, but but certainly you do feel kind of the separation a little bit. It's it's unusual. It's unusual. Yeah. Do you ever think that we'll ever set foot in a live venue with you know two hundred and fifty uh, people watching you perform? You know, I do. I actually do, because I think that we're going to be on our way to a new normal. 
I don't know what exactly that will look like. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that that's in the extreme near future? No, <laughs> I don't think that's very soon. But I do, I do kind of see see a day where things return just to a, a new normal, bit of a new normal. Oh. At least that's my hope. Fingers crossed. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> oh. Well, you know what? It's been so nice to meet you, Justine. I know that the future holds a lot of stuff for you. And hey, let's keep in contact, you know. Let that me know when great. you have your next single out. So uh, that would be you are going to actually give us a performance, which I'm so yes. happy about. Aww. And uh, maybe yes. just do a little uh, lead-in intro to the song. And of course, who's going to be accompanying you? Absolutely. Well, I will call on my lovely boyfriend. His name is Pardeep Such. He has graciously agreed to um, play a little guitar to this. <laughs> or did he have no choice? <laughs> he had no choice. You know, he had no choice is the truth. Here he is. Thank you. Um, so what I might do, I'll probably, she says, thank you. Um, so I'll probably just take out my headphones and then we can um, do it that way if that works for you. Yep. So yeah, we're going to do an acoustic version of Worthy. Can you still hear me okay? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Here we go. I just 
wanting L-O-V-E. Someone who knows how to treat me. And I know that I'm worth it. And I know I deserve it. I just want an L-O-V-E. Someone who knows how to treat me. Treat me. That is my latest single called Worthy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of ILikeYou.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.